Hello and welcome to our first techpros.io interview series where we ask enterprise professionals to share their thoughts and experiences on emerging business trends. These are typically driven by technology innovation, changes in customer behavior, regulation and other market disruptions. This first series, Brand versus Demand Activation, explores the strategies B2B marketing leaders are taking to engage buyers in today's content-rich world where meetings for the most part remain virtual. We explore the balance of spend between short-term sales lead generation and longer-term brand investments, the gradual merging of B2B and B2C, and the growing importance of fostering community with buyers. Today's interview is sponsored by Network Sunday, a business-to-human marketing agency in the UK which opens doors to the C-suite and accelerates business development for leading enterprise brands such as BT, Tantar, HCL and Mindtree, all who sell high-value solutions to buyers in lengthy, unpredictable decision-making processes. Today's interview is with Diana Buxton. Diana is the Chief Marketing Officer, Banking, Capital Markets and Insurance at Cognizant, who are an American multinational technology company that provide business consulting, information technology and outsourcing services. They help their clients modernize technology, reimagine processes and transform experiences so they can stay ahead in a fast-changing world. You can find Diana at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Diana Butler Buxton. Diana is spelled D-I-A-N-A, Butler is B-U-T-L-E-R, and Buxton, B-U-X-T-O-N. In her interview, Diana showcases how Cognizant have partnered with sporting organisations such as Aston Martin F1 and the Ladies Professional Golfing Association to create experiences for their clients which reflect the company's values and brand image. Diana also highlights the importance of creating human connections with decision makers and the importance of recognising that B2B tech services must be positioned to individual buyers over and above the company. She emphasises the importance of bringing like-minded communities together and sharing insightful content to build rapport with C-level executives. We hope you find the interview valuable. So B2B marketers are under pressure to deliver a constant stream of leads to sales, meaning that most spend is invested in demand activation. However, research from LinkedIn concludes that only 4% of B2B marketing teams are measuring marketing impact beyond six months. So leading strat marketing strategists, Liz Binet and Peter Field, say that this should change. Do you agree? So I, you know, Cognizant's going through its own rebrand and repositioning because a new CEO joined the company in April of 2019, and he has completely reorged the organization. And we aspire to be the preeminent technology services provider to the global 2000 C-suite. So very much the BU marketing is aligned to where he sees the firm going with the 2023 double-digit growth strategy. So when I'm putting our strategy in place, yes, I'm looking at six months, but I'm really looking 18 months out to be 
creating the leads of where we want to be selling versus where we're selling right now. So whilst demand activation is critically important when buyer is in the market to make a purchase, the vast majority of buyers are not. So again, Les Binet and Peter Field say that brand marketing will secure future sales which are more important than short-term sales for two reasons. First one is that businesses are valued based on future sales. And secondly, that there are many more buyers out of market than in market. So today, for example, there might be only 20 accounts looking to buy cloud computing solutions. But over the next three years, there could be 200 accounts up for grabs. And brand building will then ensure that your brand gets into those 200 consideration sets. What is your response to this statement? And how does it change your view on the balance of your marketing investment between brand and demand activation? Why or why not? Okay, so brand activation and our brand campaign is and our global brand team that is a separate investment from field marketing but i will say in 2021 the majority of the investment is going towards the repositioning of our brand and the rebrand of cognizant on the field marketing side i think that it's the opposite you know, we're trying to get 200 clients down to 25 clients that we serve. So we're looking more to focused on our elite focused and growth accounts and really looking at the top 25 firms who we want to be partnering with into the future versus even though we're always looking for net new business and net new logos, those net new logos are included in the, you know, I think we call it the top 25 versus the top 200. Some marketers view their role as a support function to the sales team. In most cases, sales are looking for immediate opportunities to meet their targets. So does your marketing function report into the sales organization? The field marketing reports into the global EVP and chief marketing officer of Cognizant, and he is one of our CEO's direct reports. We very much are not a support function. Marketing has a seat at the leadership table, and we are a trusted advisor and partner with our with our PL owners. So Diana, what is your view on the importance of a separate reporting line for marketing to the CEO? to avoid a potential conflict of interest between an arguably shorter-term view of the sales function and a longer-term view of the CEO, board, and shareholders? I, I don't know if I actually understand that question because the, the EVP of marketing is one of the CEO's direct reports. So brand, account-based marketing, and revenue growth marketing are completely top of mind and on the agenda of the CEO and the board and a significant investment is going into marketing in Cognizant now for 2021 and beyond. Okay, so no potential conflict of interest? No, I don't see any conflict of interest. So brand marketing could be described as the following. And there's a few bullet points here. So creating more awareness and share of mind in the market, creating experiences which activate emotive and sensory journeys that cultivate human connection and relationships, Be the brand that people think of first when ready to buy. So 
Could you describe any marketing initiatives that you're currently running or have done recently, which aims to deliver these outcomes? Oh, absolutely. It's brand awareness. It's activating the audience. It's creating experiences with experiential marketing. And it's activating the buyer audience that is showing intent to participate in these new experiences that we're creating. So you will see three different things that Cognizant has announced in the last 60 days. So number one, we have a brand new brand and experiential sponsorship in place with Formula One. So we are now the sponsor for the Formula One racing team. And there's all different aspects of that agreement you know, from us doing the transformation work at Formula One, but also creating really bespoke experiences at six of the Formula One Grand Prix races in 2021 and beyond. We've also announced a sponsorship with the PGA. So Cognizant is now the sponsor with City and Rolodex for the PGA President's Cup, and the President's Cup takes place every other year. So in 2022, it's in Charlotte. In 2024, it's in Montreal. And in 2026, it's in Chicago. So we have incredible experiences that we are creating for our clients at both the President's Cup sponsorships and with PGA sponsorships that we now have in place throughout the year. So for this year, I think it's 11 different sponsorships, you know, with at Farmers this week, it's Players, um, Wells Fargo, Travelers, RBC. So there's all different new experiences that we're creating for our clients, for our people to spend time with our clients outside of work with golf. And then we've announced a sponsorship with the LGPA and Cognizant now has its own LGPA tournament called the Cognizant Founders Cup and the first Cognizant Founder Cup tournament will take place in in early October in New Jersey and what's interesting is you know there's a whole DNI component of our partnership with LGPA where the average purse for a male golfer, I believe is 7.5 million, where the average purse for a female golfer is 1.5 million. So Cognizant is matching the funds so that at our Cognizant Founders Cup, the purse for the female winners will be 3 million. We have a fourth very interesting brand sponsorship that we will be announcing on the 31st that I can talk about once it's um, public. There's all different things, right? It, it, there's a whole branding component and TV commercial yes. component. Yes. And however, so you have the whole brand lift, but for me on the field marketing, you know, revenue growth side of the house, many, many very unique opportunities for us to engage with our clients at these particular events and experiences that we're creating. And these are all brand new. These, these are things that we have not done before. These are all net new programs that we have announced in Q1 2021. And how would you say that you're measuring the impact and ROI of these? 
we were in a pro-am at, at players yesterday with two clients. So the measurement obviously is going to be marketing um, influence to the pipeline, not marketing source, but marketing, how marketing is influencing the pipeline by engaging the buyers and prospects to participate in these different experiences. So they're happening for the first time. So all of the new tracking devices are um, not are being put in place because, like I said, these are brand new programs. So Anthony Canada, um, founding CMO of Gainsight, this is the company that created the customer success movement. He's got a deep belief that the worlds of B2B and B2C marketing are converging, ushering a new era for business that must focus on the humans that sit behind the logos we're targeting. So he refers to this as business to human marketing. And he goes on to say that the brand in B2B is rapidly moving from a deprioritized expense and distraction from growth to the heart of business strategy. So, Diana, would you agree with this? And if so, could you say why or why not? Well, I mean, we have to remember that in B2B and very much in technology services, we are selling to a person. We're not selling to a company, right? So we're we're selling to a particular person and we need to have a relationship with that person and a rapport with that person. So it very much is the human connection because people buy from people they like. So creating that bond and strategic partnership is with a particular person who is an owner of a budget where there could be different decision makers within that firm. You know, you have the, the C-suite, you have the actual decision maker, and you have the influencers, but you're, you're creating those human connections with people, even though they might happen to work at Morgan Stanley, right? So the, the buyer is actually, you know, George Smith, not really Morgan Stanley. The key principle underlying B2H marketing as business to human marketing, is defining the narrative and service to the individuals rather than the companies that they work for, exactly as you're saying there. Helping them solve problems, meet peers and mentors through engaging content and events, all the things that you've described so well. So Anthony says that their thought leadership helped align Gainsight with the movement they were creating in customer success. Content drove organic market. Content drove organic traffic, and the community became a platform for the industry to connect together and then promote the category. So not only were these investments good for new business, they helped with funding, customer satisfaction, recruitment, and retention. So do you think that this approach could be applied to your own organization? And if so, how? It's well, I mean, absolutely. You know, with some of the innovative C-suite marketing programs that we have in place for banking, cap markets, and insurance, it's bringing together particular communities by title. So CIO of PNC or head of payments and all of these like-minded executives all, you know, we that we come together, bring them together for many reasons. One, they like the peer-to-peer networking, right? Because then they they all and most of them all know each other. It's an opportunity for us to soft sell with sharing our point of view, you know, and content and thought leadership. And so, yes, I absolutely agree. 
So what impact has the pandemic had on your B2B marketing activity over the last 12 months? It was crazy last year. So obviously, the, immediately, the first thing we did was virtualizing. I mean, we pivoted immediately to virtualizing all of our executive engagement events. So even though with some of our programs, we did kind of meet on the phone every quarter, we didn't meet on the phone in Zoom because every other quarter we met for dinner in New York City. So immediately everything with all of our programs went via virtual. And many of the things that we did with spending time with our clients outside of work, we just turned into virtual experiences, right? So we would have a round table from five to six and then a curated wine tasting, right? Because normally we would have the curated wine tasting in person. So we would send, send everybody the wine at home. We had fantastic seven-part series called Cooking with Cognizant, where we had three different celebrity chefs do a 90-minute cooking class with us, which was, you know, obviously virtual and, you know, super easy because everything got sent to the house. Um, everyone's um, ingredients and, and a bottle of wine and, and a chef's knife. So I think we absolutely quickly, like in a matter of a week, adapted to um, virtualizing all of our executive engagement. That was the biggest pivot. So we had lots of interaction. It was just in the new normal of doing it in a virtual environment. How will the pandemic affect future B2B marketing plans? Well, it's interesting, right? Because you're going to have a mix of, I think a lot of the things that we did previously won't ever come back, right? In large industry trade shows, you know, we're we're steering away from the large industry um, trade shows and being and have a far more focus on experiential event marketing. So I think there's going to be a whole, you know, new normal for how you with executive engagement and event marketing. Thanks for listening to this TechPros.io series, sponsored by Network Sunday, a leading UK business to human marketing agency. To learn more about TechPros and our programs, visit techpros.io or to read the ebook associated with the series, which features our podcast guests and other leaders, please visit techpros.io forward slash thought hyphen leadership forward slash marketing, which can also be found in the show notes below.